Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number 17. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Summer 2020 Lesson Manual or Student Workbook and turn to lesson number 11, intended for August 16th, 2020, a lesson entitled Josiah and the Power of Obedience. If you're not a Word of Flame curriculum customer, we invite you just to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look at our passage of Scripture today, if you want to go ahead and turn there, 2 Kings chapter 22, but before we look in 2 Kings 22 and see how we can apply this passage of Scripture to our lives this week, just wanted to remind you of a story, Luke chapter 5, Jesus comes to the lake, the Sea of Galilee, and uh, asks Simon to thrust out in his boat. Jesus is going to go out there with him, and Simon's been fishing all night long. He's All he's known is fishing all of his life. He He's an expert at it. He's been toiling all night, he says, and I've caught, they caught nothing. So in his eyes, as an expert fisherman, he knew there was, there was no fish to be caught. For some reason, the fish just weren't biting. But Jesus told him to thrust out a little bit and out into the deep and to cast out his nets, expecting to catch something. Now, Peter, not even knowing a whole lot about Jesus, could have, could have said, Master, teacher, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but this is what I do for a living. I, there's no fish to be caught right now. The fish are not biting. It, it's not happening. I've been doing it all night. I'm tired. I want to go home. I'm not going to drop my net. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to drop my net and pretend I'm going to catch some fish. He could have said that. He was an expert fisherman. But something in Peter's heart must have resonated with what Jesus said. And Peter just simply obeyed. He made a few excuses, and then he sent, said, well, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down my net. Peter simply obeyed, and when he obeyed, the net could not even hold all the fish that tried to get in there. God blessed him, and God showed him, Jesus showed him, the power of obedience. That's what we're going to look at today in 2 Kings chapter 22. We're going to look at lesson number 11 and the title is jo- Josiah and the Power of Obedience. All right, well, let's look at our lesson text for today, 2 Kings chapter 22. We're going to read a couple different sections of Scripture here. We're going to read verses 8 through 13, and then we're going to read verses 18 through 20. Our focus verse is is verse number 13. Our focus thought for this lesson is God expects us to obey his word. 2 Kings 22 verse 8 says this, And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, 
I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was in the house, found in the house, and have delivered it into the hand of them that do the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Akbor the son of Milkiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Asahiah a servant of the king's, saying, Go ye, inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that's found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according unto all that which was written concerning us. And skipping down to verse number 18. But to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall ye say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heardest what I spoke against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and hast rent thy clothes, and wept before me, I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace, and thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. In this passage, Josiah as king, has they have found this book of the law. They found basically the Bible of that day. And when these leaders in the kingdom found this, and when these priests found this, and they began to read it, they realized this is something our fathers have talked about. This is something our ancestors lived by, and we're not living anywhere near this. And they came and they shared this with Josiah the king, and Josiah was troubled by what he heard, and he was stirred by the word of God, and he was convicted. And he gathered these men together, and he gathered these priests and these people together, and he said, Go pray and talk to God and find out what we should do. And in the meantime, as they did that, Josiah is just seeking God. He's repenting. He can't believe that he, he, they, they have not been following these commands of God. They have not been following God's word. And Josiah's heart was broken. His heart was smitten with conviction. And he, had made, he made up his mind right then. If, if there's any way we can reverse what God is, has decided to do, if there's any way we can find repentance, any way we can find restoration, any way we can find God's help, then we must do that. That was Josiah made up his mind. The word of God convicted him to that point. And then we find after these, these leaders came back and they told the king, this is what the Lord says, because you've been faithful, because you've hearkened your heart to the Lord, because you have, you've opened up yourself, because you've repented, because you've wept, because you've shown repentance, God will not bring this upon you. You will not see the evil that will come eventually. You won't see it. God will have mercy 
on you. What a powerful story here of this righteous king named Josiah. But let's break down this passage that I read. Let's break it down to three sections and let's look how how can we apply this to our, what does this mean for us and how can we apply this to our lives? Let's look first at verses 8 through 11. Hilkiah the high priest says to Shaphan the scribe, I found this book of the law in the house of the Lord. And then Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and Shaphan read it. Shaphan was stirred. He came to the king and he brought the king word. And he said, your servants have gathered the money. We work on the house. We're doing everything. We found this book. And he showed the king. And it came to pass, verse 11, when Josiah heard the words of the book of the law, he rent his clothes. The moment he heard it, he was convicted. What a powerful thing. The moment the king heard the words of the book of of God, the, the word of God, he rent his clothes. There was already, there was an automatic response of repentance and humbling himself. Let me ask a question to consider here today when we think about these four verses. When was the last time God's word convicted you? When was the last time God's word convicted you? You. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. You read something recently, and it was. Oh, that's a good thought. That's really cool. That. That's really. I never thought about it that way. But I'm talking about when was the last time when you read God's word or heard it preached that there was something that you it pricked in your heart, that it stirred you, that it it challenged you, that it really got down. When was the last time that happened? I, I, I know that might not happen every day, but. I think if we will spend time and we will open up our hearts to the Word of God, I think that Word can turn that searchlight on into our hearts and souls, and I think it can bring conviction. I think I think it ought to bring conviction more often than it does in our lives. I think the Word of God ought to bring conviction more often than it does in our lives. So I ask you, how long has it been since the Word of God really convicted you? Perhaps then I could follow that up with, and how long has it been since we really let the Word of God get down in our heart, really took time to meditate on God's Word? God's Word will steer us in the right direction, and God's Word will convict us of those things that we need to take care of in our lives. Let's look at the next two verses, verses 12 and 13. The king commands Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan. He commands these people and these servants, and he tells them, verse 13, go inquire of the Lord for me. Go pray. Go talk to God. We need to have a prayer meeting right now. We need to pray for me, pray for the people, pray for all of Judah. Concerning the the words of this book, because as Josiah is saying, because I I realize as king that our fathers didn't do what's here. They didn't do according to all that's written here. They didn't teach us to do this. And this is This is disturbing. Because we're not doing what our God and our Lord has told us to do. So go inquire, go talk to God, go pray for us. We need you to pray for us. And then tell me what needs to be done. Let me ask a question thinking about these two verses. What is your first response when you recognize shortcomings in your life? Josiah recognized shortcomings in his life, in his family, in his kingdom. He recognized they had been falling short. He recognized that his fathers, his grandfathers, these people that had gone before, 
He recognized they had not been doing right. They didn't teach them to do right. And the moment he recognized it, he said, we got to pray. The moment he recognized it, he didn't go try to find a way around it. He didn't go try to, um, he didn't go try to find a, a way to escape it. He didn't try to find a way to smooth things over and pretend nothing was wrong. No, the first thing he did, he said, guys, let's get together. We've got to pray and seek the Lord. What's your first response when you recognize a shortcoming in your life? When we recognize shortcomings in our lives, do we immediately try to make excuses? Is that our first response? Do we try to blame somebody else? Is that our first response? Do we try to just turn our eyes from it and pretend it's not really there, didn't really happen? Is that our first response? What is our first response? I think Josiah tells us exactly what needs to take place. Our first response needs to be, well, he rent his clothes, so there was a sign of repentance already. And then he said, guys, we need to pray. We, we, we can't ignore God anymore. We can't ignore his word anymore. We can't pretend it's not there. This is what his word said. His word is true, and we need to face it. So we need to pray, and we need to talk to God and find out what he needs us and desires us to do. Let's look at these last few verses of this passage, verses 18 through 20. Now, this is there's some things that took place in between here. And God has recognized Josiah's repentance and Josiah's desire to do right. And so these, these leaders, these servants come back and they give a report after their prayer meeting, after their inquiring of the Lord, they give this report to the king. And he said, this is what the Lord says, king, because your heart was tender and because you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what he was speaking against this place and because you rent your clothes and you wept before him. He wants you to know he has heard you. And so you are gonna, you're going to die at, at a certain time, and, but when you do, you're going to go to your grave in peace, and your eyes will not see the evil which he will bring upon this place. And that's what they told the king, because his heart was tender. Let me ask a question regarding these verses here. What is the response to his word that God honors. What's the right response to his word? When we read his word, what's the response that God honors? Is it, ah, that doesn't really apply to me? How often have you heard people say that? Or how maybe maybe you've said that when you didn't want to really deal with something God was pointing out in your life. How often is it that God speaks a word, whether it's through the man of God or or through through the pastor, through the the, or just through the, the word of God and God speaks and we make excuse. We read the word and the word says this and we feel that little tinge of conviction, but we, we, we pass it aside. We push it off because, ah, oh, that didn't really apply to me. Ah, oh, that was just first century. That was just them back there. That didn't really apply to me. What is the response God honors? Well, if we look at this passage, God honors repentance, God honors humility, and God honors obedience. That's the right response. When God's word begins to point out some things in our life, our response ought to be renting clothes. We ought to be not necessarily truly renting and tearing your clothes like they did in the old days, in the Bible days, but it, it, that repentance, that first response ought to be, oh God, if I'm wrong, forgive me. 
If I've done wrong, please forgive me. And it ought to lead this, there ought to be humility. We ought to bow ourselves. Oh God, forgive me and wash me and cleanse me. And I don't want to live that way. I humble myself before you. There ought to be humility and there ought to be obedience. God, if this is what your word says, I don't want to dismiss it. I don't want to pretend it's not there. I don't want to pretend it's not for me. I want to obey your word. And God honored the king because he made the right response to God's word. His response was repentance, humility, and obedience. God honors obedience to his word. As we wrap up our lesson here today in this podcast, and we look forward to the week that's ahead, I, I don't know what you're facing, I don't know what you're, what you're going to be dealing with this week, but I pray that this word that you've heard and this word that we've been talking about is a strength and encouraging and gives you what you need to seek after the Lord this week. Here's two calls to action, two things to do. Number one, don't rush through God's word this week. When you take time to read God's word, don't rush through it. Take time in it. Let it speak to you. Let it really get down in your heart. Don't push it aside. Oh, it doesn't apply to me. That ain't your book. No, it applies to you. Let it get down in your heart. And secondly, the last thing, focus on the role that repentance, humility, and obedience should play in your life this week. Is there one of those areas you're weak in? Repentance, humility, obedience? That's the response God honors. And so I challenge you, to see what, that, what the role that those should play in your life this week. And let's seek the face of God and find his favor in our life. Lord Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the conviction that comes with your word because we know that we fall short so often. We fail, we make mistakes, and we do not honor you in some of the choices that we make. But we pray, God, when conviction comes, that we would be repentant, that we would be humble, and that we would bow ourselves before you, and we would obey your word because we want to find your favor. We want to find your hand upon our lives. We want to find your purpose in our lives. I pray for those listening today, facing this week. They don't know what's ahead. We don't know what's ahead of us, but God, your word will be with us, and it will comfort and strengthen us, and your presence will go before us and watch over us and be with us. We seek you today. We want to please and honor you in everything that we do. I pray your hand be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.